Hi, I'm Chris Mount from Lux Coastal Property Buyers. Today, I have a special guest with me, Nick Humbert. He's recently arrived from the UK for the second time around in Noosa. He volunteers as a host on community radio station, Noosa FM 101.3. He has a global role and can live anywhere in the world remotely. So Nick, why Noosa? Yeah. And why Noosa twice? <laughs> Good afternoon. Uh, yeah, well, the reason why was, like you said, I'm very lucky uh, in that I can work anywhere. I'm like one of the digital nomads that uh, there are so many amongst us in that tribe now. And I thought, if I'm going to live anywhere, I might as well live in what I can find to be the best place in the world. So it literally was uh, a case of looking through a list of uh, things that would be ideal, and they all happened to be here in Noosa. Um, so moved out here about five years ago. Um, settled in Noosa initially, started looking around for where to live and we ended up in a little beautiful country town about 30 minutes out called Pomona um, and had a wonderful three years. Then during all the Covid crisis had to go back for family matters in the UK and ended up getting stuck there for about 18 months. Now just moved back again uh, and if anything that trip back to the UK reminded me how good we've all got it here and yeah. sometimes you have to go away to a appreciate what you've got and so it's great to be back uh, and now back in Noosa actually down in the big city uh, <laughs> on the main strip down here in Noosa and uh, yeah very very pleased to be back on the Sunshine Coast. Yeah well I'm so glad that you have managed, managed to come back. Was it initially like the you know Noosa has a north-facing beach so we have beautiful beaches we also have the eastern beaches but also the hinterland so when you're in the UK trying to work out where to live what what drew you to the area initially? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, look, I, I, it wasn't a case quite like we just spanned the globe and stuck a pin in the map. It wasn't quite uh, the, the situation that it was wading through a list of countries. I had, through work, had the opportunity to live abroad before. I'd lived in America, lived in Nashville, but I'd always had a great fondness for Australia and had been here many times before. And originally, uh, when the opportunity came up to get a permanent residency visa for Australia, the area that was like so many people first on the list was Sydney. Now, once you've seen the property prices there, you realise that it's not the best deal around. So you start looking up the East Coast. Um, and it was really just a process of elimination. Um, first started looking on the sort of the northern beaches and above around New South Wales. And we were looking around north of Oka, that area. Um, great beach life, but kind of a little scrubby and boring inland. You know, and you keep going up further and you get through places like Newcastle and then we didn't really want to be on the Gold Coast and mm. then you're back into the city of Brisbane. So kind of just working our way up and then uh, finally found really Noosa was the sweet spot because once you get north of Maroochydore, it gets very peaceful, very beautiful. But any further north, significantly, and it, that's when you get to, you know, into the crazy sort of weather and the, the things that bite and kill you and all the rest of it. So, so for us, <laughs> it's exactly... We don't have crocodiles, no, only sharks. Yeah, no, 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 nothing, nothing to worry about too much on that front. So, so yeah, it's kind of like a process of elimination and wanted to be um, near, the, near the beautiful beaches. And you're right, the northern facing beach of Noosa made it really swimmable and beautiful. But also because it's a little bit perhaps like, I'd say, compare it to Byron a little bit as well, that it's not just about the beach life. You know, yes, you've got that great surf life and all the, all the stuff that goes on with uh, living on the coast. But inland, it's got a whole different set of uh, attractive things to you know, keep you occupied on any given weekend. And, and it's just so um, visually beautiful, the, the Noosa hinterland. It's absolutely stunning. Um, and I think all the different little towns in the hinterland that are only all within an hour's drive of Noosa, they've all got 
their own unique little personalities. They're not, in England, we have a lot of pretty little towns that are either rammed with tourists or a lot of what we call clone towns where they've all got the same franchises, mini malls and all the rest of it. Here, it's all about the little independent coffee shops, bookshops, gift shops, art shops, individual markets. They've all got the different vibes. So whatever mood you're in, there's something for any weekend to go and visit. Well, that really um, reminds me when I first met you because you were one of the first people I met. You were friends of my next door neighbours when I arrived. Um, And you mentioned to me different places that I could go and just for a day trip outside Noosa and you're mentioning all these like um, little hidden gems that are literally a 20 minute drive out of Noosa you know most people think Noosa they think Hastings Street mm. I want to live near <clears throat> Hastings Street and when you move up here you realize actually that's where you don't want to live you'd love to visit there or go to the beach I go to the beach four times a week there but I don't want to be down Hastings Street all the time I, I want to be actually living in the community amongst the beauty so mm. I I ended up on Noosa Waters, but you told me of this amazing day trip and I'd like you to share that with our listeners. It started off in Pomona. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the thing about Hastings Street and the beach here, it is stunning and amazing, which is why so many people come here. Uh, But when you actually do live here, you realise that there's a whole lot more. Uh, And if anything, I would say that some of the locals try and avoid that part of town during the holidays (laughs) because that's when we give it over to the visitors. But for those of us that live here, yeah, there's so many things uh, that you can get to um, very easily. That that, And I'm quite surprised because I've actually met quite a few diehard Noosa locals that really haven't even ventured out of the bubble to, to so much to the countryside. So I was very pleased coming from overseas to sort of have made the effort to get out and explore. And uh, one of the places that we landed in was um, Pomona. And that's actually quite a good base for a little explore. And you can do it as a day trip from, um, you know, from Noosa easily because it's only, you know, a half hour drive out there. Um, or, you know, some people go and just stay in a and b out there and make a good long weekend of it. So in Pomona itself, it's a very pretty, beautiful little village. It's it's stunning. It's really come a long way in the last few years. In particular, it's become a bit more of a a destination sort of um, village, I'll call it. Um, So you've got a number of things right there on the doorstep. And they've done a really good job making the the town sort of very visitable. Um, First up, like so many places in Australia, it really does have some stunning little coffee shops. Um, There's one called Spill the Beans, which has got a great little um, outdoor... uh, pretty terrace garden and just a really cool vibe um there's another couple on the on the high street um i think it's called trail 458 i'm going to say i can't remember the number but there's one called trail and yeah. it's a again because really it is at the base of the mountain well that's that's the point you can base you can you can feed up at the cafe and then if you're feeling active yeah. you can just walk across the park and you're at the base of the pomona mountain little bit of a scrabble to get up you need to be reasonably fit but absolutely breathtaking views when you get to the top um so you've got all that going on Pomona on uh on Saturday mornings they've got a fantastic little farmer's market where people from all across the region bring in their fresh produce and crafts and so forth so that's really helped bring a lot of um attraction to the town um there's a great little Art gallery. Oh, the, the art gallery, the art gallery. Yeah, that, yeah that's the in the gallery. that's in the old converted railway station. Yeah. So that's that's always a, a great little visit. Um, just along from that, you actually have, would you believe it, the world's oldest continual running cinema. So the the oldest cinema in the world that's still been running since it was launched. Um, I forget the date, but it's early in the you know early in the first days of film, and they still run 
silent movies every weekend so people can see what a silent film was like you know on screen but they also hold other events there they hold they'll they'll re-release old classics or they'll do a special filming and it's a real cozy little um, old-fashioned cinema I remember I went to see the sound of music there uh, a sing-along a sound of music wouldn't normally do it but I thought come on got to get involved with the community but you've never been to a cinema where this was in winter it gets a little chilly despite what people think about Queensland in winter but it does get a little chilly and they were they were handing out blankets and mulled wine in the in the interval and I thought well you wouldn't get this down at the multiplex normally um so you got the 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 little old cinema which is really worth a visit um and then from there you can get out to Koran which is a a, I can't can't leave Pomona until we talk about the distillery because I well that's on the way oh okay I was going to just say if you if you if if uh, you're talking about the gin distillery. That's, gin distillery. Yep, sorry, yep. okay, um, let's just reverse the car back into Pomona before we leave it. <laughs> and just along the high street there, yeah, you've got a, you've got a fabulous little um, gin distillery, yeah. um, which is the Pomona Gin Distillery, and that is amazing. They 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 took over this place as a, from being an old cafe. They've opened up the back and made it this beautiful garden with um, a, a beautiful bar. And they've got an amazing menu of gin, which they distill and, and brew on site. They've got great beers, great food. Um, and it's and it's when you go in there, you think this little sleepy village would be quite peaceful. But when you step through and you see the amount of people out mm. the back on a Saturday listening to live music yeah. and enjoying themselves, you think, wow, what a buzz. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly what it's like. Because when you said a little gin distillery, I was picturing it just be like a few tables and chairs. And yes. you actually go through this sort of old style cafe and you walk through to the back courtyard That's right, yes. and then they've got the distillery on the left and they've got an art gallery on the right of local artists as well yep. and then they had the live music at the back and the food great level. food and and just a really good vibe you know mm-hmm. and it's 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 great and that that actually opened up just a few months before I had to leave and I was kind of sad that it, it was something that turned up just as I was going but I've I've been back recently and I've seen how word has spread and it really has brought a bit more of a, that sort of cosmopolitan feel to the regions, you know. So it's a really, really good, great place. So even on a quiet weekend, there's always something to do. You've got the markets in the morning. Yep. You've got the distillery there that you can go and hang out in the afternoon. You've got the little old cinema. Um, and then if you've still got energy, you can run up the mountain. So uh, it's, it's all, it's all <laughs> well, good. Well, we haven't left then. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then, um, as I said, just a little beyond that, you can go out further uh, north and you get to a little smaller uh, little uh, village called Quran and again very different vibe a um, couple of really good restaurants uh, there or rather cafes there um, but there's one restaurant in particular called the Hinterland and it, it's absolutely exquisite it's all farm to table exquisitely um, cooked guy there called Dion who just knows his food inside out and he has your mouth watering when he's just described the ingredients for each menu personally to you um so that's it just goes to show that you don't have to be on Hastings Street to get the fine dining you can get some really good country food out there um in Koran and then a little further up the track from there as you head towards Gympie but on the country roads I'd say about 10 or 15 minutes beyond Koran um and how far is Koran from Pomona about probably about 10 minutes so we still so we've only still only gone thirty minutes out of Noosa, another ten minutes. So we're not very far no, at all. No, exactly. A beautiful little all within circle. An, all within an hour. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so Pomona to Coran, then Coran further up. You come to a little place called Traveston, and if you hang a right there in Traveston, there's only I think there's only about one right you can hang. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, you're not going to get lost. Uh, that'll lead you down to a signposted place called Dingo Creek Vineyard. 
Um, and that really is a hidden gem that is just a stunning place to go and while away a Sunday afternoon, um, run by a lovely couple who took the place over a few years ago. And it is just um, what, it, what, it, what, what it says on the tin. It's, it's a vineyard, but they claim it's, I think it's one of the most northerly vineyards in Australia. It's just the way the winds work around the, the hills and the valley there that keep the grapes uh, nice and cool. So they've got a big selection of their own wines, you know, plus some other uh, beers and so forth. Um, but they do these amazing food platters, you know, your, your salamis, cheese, breads, mm. pickles, all that sort of thing. So you can sit out on this lovely deck that they've got in the cool with the breeze, glass of wine from the vines that you're looking at, and just wistfully stare across the, the scenery and think, wow, I'm just, you know, 45 minutes from the husbuzz hus- <laughs> hus- hus- of, uh, of, of Noosa, but it's got a very different country feel and a really nice place to, if you like your wine. And even mm. if you just like your nibbles, a great place to go and spend mm. an afternoon. And sometimes you'll luck out and there'll be some live music there as well. Yeah, they have a really nice sparkling as well called Little Little Cove, I think. That's, I think you're right, yeah. yeah. And I've, I've, I've had, I had their, um, they've got a, a, I think they used to, have, I'm not sure they still do it, but they did something a bit like a sort of a, chocolatey sort of liqueur one which was uh, more of a, an after dinner drink but again you know yeah. you can do um, I think for about 10 or 15 bucks I can't remember what it is now but you can do like a full tasting of everything they've got wow. um, and just they'll give you a little sample and then you know you can then choose what you want to have with your meal or, or, or something to take away but it's a great place also f- to take visitors that are coming to town and they maybe want to want to change from you know lying on the beach or whatever so that's that's really good little trip and then you you know if you really want you can keep going and get up further into the Mary Valley and when you come out of Coran and keep going you'll come to that road where you can either join the main road again and go up to Gympie uh, yeah. or, or you can keep on to the Mary Valley and go out to places like uh, Kadanga and Anamore, Amamore and a few other little towns out there which have got their own own little vibe as well but um, Mary Valley very very scenic as well but again all all within easy reach of Noosa yeah and so could this be a one-day trip I know Easily, you yeah. actually spend one day in all those locations but yeah you could do a bit of a round trip to get oh, away for sure. the land, yeah, land no, and absolutely. then go back yeah, yeah. No, you can eat, from Noosa. You can certainly easy do it in one yeah. day. But some people may want to say, you know, let's make let's make a weekend of it. Yeah. Because, um, for example, you know, if you're leaving Noosa, you could head out that direction on the Umundi Road and then yeah. go to the Umundi Markets, the, yeah. the world famous Umundi Markets first for a Saturday morning, and then from there you could you know head on to Pomona, and so it's yeah. it's a nice weekend as well. It's really interesting. I, I heard, and I don't know if it's true. Someone told me, but. The Umundi Market is actually the biggest tourist attraction on the Sunshine Coast, like even more so than Australia Zoo. Wow, yeah. Yeah, so, and you sort of, so you have a township of Umundi, which is gorgeous, so cute, um, but it can be busy. But you know the little townships you're talking mm, about? Yes. They are all uniquely special, yes, aren't they? Yes, yes. And they're not too overwhelming with numbers of people. Yeah. Um, they have obviously different festivals at different times. Yeah. Um, even the Noosa Art Trails, um, when that's on, that little, um, the art gallery inside the train. Yeah. Train, you know, a lot busier. But if you go sit on a typical weekend, it's not that busy. Um, is Kin Kin on this loop tour mm, you yeah. would recommend as well? Exactly, or? yeah. I mean, that that's another one. And this is why maybe sometimes it is worth taking a weekend to do it because 
Um, you, you almost want to try all these different places for a lunch or an evening meal, but there's only so many you can get in one day, right? Yeah. So, so if you want to go to the hinterland for an evening meal, it might be nice to stay out, you know, in in uh, in, in the hinterland for a night at one of the Airbnbs or, or bed and breakfasts out there. Um, otherwise, you know, easily done in a day. Um, but King Kin definitely has, I think it's the Black Ant is the mm. restaurant there, which is really, really nice for lunch. Um, that's that's a really small, tiny little cluster. I mean, we call it in the UK. We would call that a hamlet. I'm not sure what they would call it here, but it's 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 a, it's really just a, a a tiny little cluster of, of homes and houses and 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 uh, a few amenities, but just yeah. really peaceful. And I think that's one of the last places where the cell phone signal isn't too good around this part of the world. So if you really want to get off grid, that's a good place to go and get an uninterrupted lunch. Yeah. And afterwards, you can uh, go over to the, the hotel there that's just been, uh, I think that's been taken over and renovated again, historical building, but, you know, just got a really cool country vibe. Yeah. And, and there's that, um, I think, yeah, that was just renovated recently and they apparently have great pizzas there. As well. Yeah, and like they've got it. some they've got some amazing pictures inside, vintage pictures of some historical floods. You know, and you're looking at these pictures. I can't, I forget how long ago it was, but there were some really big floods where the whole the whole entire bottom floor uh, was you know below the water level, and yeah. so people were sort of on the balcony above just climbing into boats. So uh, there's some good history out there as well to look yeah. at. Well, I did another podcast with someone else called um, Janet Kaki and. There's also um, vintage photos in the Black Ant, and she's sixth generation Sunshine Coast, and they're, oh, her, really? they're her ancestors. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yes. So she, oh, you know her. You went to the mountain retreat with mm-hmm. Louis Armstrong's yes, grandson. Yes, yes. I, 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 I was sort of through, through a friend of a friend who knows. I got to go out to the that weekend yeah. event, and and yeah, and as always, so many you know besides those fixed events we were just talking about. Yeah. So many little events yeah. going on out there. So that was really special, um, and this is. Umundi Mountain Retreat, mm. and it's run and operated by um, Janet, and she is sixth generation on the Sunshine Coast, so she knows all the history about that property. But what she did the other weekend was have Louis Armstrong's grandson is called Herb, I think. It's Herb. Yes, yeah. Herb Armstrong. Yeah. So a Sunday afternoon, he was just singing a few tunes while we just had a beer and a glass of wine in our little. It was very nice, chairs. yeah, with watching the sun go down and the beautiful views. Um, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, that was obviously a kind of a semi-private event. But if you, if you, if you, any given weekend, there always seems to be some little event, something going on around uh, t- a town. You know, there's always an open mic show, or there's a, a little gathering of people doing, you know, different things of common interest. And that's why it's so easy to meet people over here because there's always something that that people have with a common interest are up to, and you can easily plug into that to yeah. make friends. Well, well I, I do have to confess, when you told me about these trips, I thought. To be honest, I'd need about three weekends to do all of them. <laughs> and um, there's a really funny story. I won't go into it now. But I ended up having to do the trip on my own one day. And I thought, okay, I'll go to Pomona. I'll go to... And I thought it was going to be like, you know, in Melbourne, you go to the Yarra Valley. Yeah. You do the wine tours. And it does take you from 9 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> because yeah. I was doing it by myself. Yeah. I couldn't, like, indulge and eat at all these different places. I'd yeah. have a coffee here. But I sat off in Pomona popped into the gin distillery to find a went to Kin Kin. Seriously, it only took me two and a half hours and I thought I'd been oh. waiting. Like You must have been going some that was But <laughs> <laughs> you definitely something you need to do with someone yeah. preferably because you actually can enjoy the food. Did you get out more. to Boring Point at that point? No. Oh, okay. But you but you also told me about Boring Point mm. and about the Apollonian Hotel and I confess I hadn't gone out there until um, this year because I have a friend who lives in Boring Point. Her mother built this amazing, what they call the tree house. 
it's three stories high on these Brisbane piers, you know, like timber piers from yeah from the Brisbane pier. And they're three stories high, and she's overlooking the lake. So I did a podcast with her. Very interesting story, but her mother was the first chef of the Apollonian Hotel. Oh, right. Okay. So yep. the Apollonian Hotel is a huge Queenslander built yep. on a really big block of block of land. So again, on the weekend, you can have these smoked, slow-cooked meats. Yeah, no, they do a, like a Sunday roast, spit roast and all sorts of different things. Yeah, and it's pulled pork. It's not, and again, it's not, I'd say what that probably maybe 10, 15 minutes from Pomona. So it's another, another uh, you know, avenue you can go down if you're based out there yeah. for, a, for a weekend. So that's... If you skip Pomona, mm. it's 20 minutes from Moose. Well, because you can come around the McKinnon Drive. Yeah, yeah. Back, back way, yeah. yeah you're, you're right. So I'm sort of thinking it from Pomona, but yeah. easy, easy for Noosa to get out there yeah. for, a, for a country lunch. Yeah. But it is, it's, it's like having a huge Queenslander that you'd expect in the outback, although it's still quite close yeah. to the coast. And it's actually relocated. This big building was relocated. Could it be from Maryborough or Gympie or yeah. something like that? But um, anyway, um, the first chef there... The menu is still very similar. Um, it's family owned and ran, still the same family. And Tara now lives in her mother's home, <laughs> original home, and she's um, just been renovating it with her partner. It's a, a beautiful story and it's a beautiful podcast to listen to. It's, it's, right. a very, it's a very peaceful place out there. And I think that we were talking about this earlier, but this is what's so nice about this area is that, you know, you can have all that wonderful, peaceful country vibe and country hospitality and, you know, all those little unique places to go to. And yet, if you want the the more upbeat, high class beach vibe, then you've got Noosa, and it's all within you know within an hour or so of each other. You don't have to drive that far. Um, and if you want you know the bigger stuff, then you're not that far from you know Maroochydore or Brisbane. So there's everything for everyone, whatever you're in the mood for. And that's really interesting because I'm going to go on to an, a separate topic in a moment. But when you chose Noosa as a remote worker, did you have any like things that you needed to definitely have? ticked off your list a lot of people say they need to be like two hours from an international airport good wi-fi yeah and all, those kind of all of the above i mean i i, I because i do have to travel and i yeah. do have to go to sometimes the states or back to the uk i didn't want to be in one of those towns where you're six hours before you even get to the airport yeah. the, the journey is long enough so the fact i could be somewhere where not only was i within a couple of hours of a of a in, major international airport but also with maruchidor airport the sunshine coast airport you know just 45 minutes away that makes it so easy to hop around um, interstate so that was definitely a big plus Uh, and then shortly after we arrived the high speed broadband um, MBM was being rolled out not just in Noosa but across the the hinterland as well so you're pretty much now able to plug in at a good speed anywhere which really opened up um, opportunities for people so that was something there's also quite a quite a lot of good remote working hubs around Noosa so it's very easy if you don't want to work in your house to jump on a hot desk somewhere and they're all set up for that with good internet so yeah very much made it easy to work here and that's um we'll touch on this on how to connect to community when you land in a Mm. new place I found working in a co-working space the best way to meet people from a huge cross-section of age ages um one challenge I think sometimes people find when they move up here is that they might meet people who are sort of sort of older, you know, and I think that's because they might tap into doing certain sport. From the co-working space, I met people from as young as 28 right through to um, an, a publisher of um, actually cookbooks. I've got them in the house. I owned the cookbooks before I met the publisher. Then she, she's in her 60s. But the average age would have been around about 40. So we, when you're working, you know, you're meeting people who are working, 
you get to um, do activities with them before work. You know, like, so we do our sport from really early up here at five o'clock in the morning, but then we also can go out for a drink after work and that's become a great way to meet um, a good a good bunch of people. I think, I think, I think I'll just jump in and also say that it is quite easy to meet people up here. Yeah. Um, and again, moving internationally, it was important for me to be able to make a good network of friends coming from abroad. And I think because there are so many people that have moved interstate to the Noosa area that everyone's been through that journey and they're happy to connect and help people that are moving here for the first time and sort of make that kind of surrogate family connection, if you like. Um, and I'd also say that there are a lot of activities going up here because there's so many interest groups, you know, whether it's art or in my case, I made a lot of friends through, you know, church, through volunteering at the radio station where I was able to train up as a presenter and then present on air and meet other presenters. Um, or with and your... that's how I met you because my next door neighbour was also a volunteer. Also a radio, that's right. And so I met, I met you know, him, him as a presenter. He introduced me to you and that's kind of how it you know, always works out. Mm. But whether you're, into, whether you're into sport, art, you know, cars, whatever, there's always some kind of a group or event going on if you look for it. And so it's very easy to meet people with common interests through there regardless of their age. But it doesn't, it's certainly not all about, you know, retired oldies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's sort of... A, a, uh, and you mentioned art up here. A lot of mm. times people say there's no art or culture. Oh, there's a huge amount of art. I mean, we've got art galleries and all over the place and there's always a, a tra- art trail or a visiting artist or a talk or something going yeah. on. So I think yeah. there's quite a bit of more culture than people like to believe up in this part of the world. <laughs> Absolutely. And they just have to sort of, you know, sort of go below, beneath the surface and find it very, very easily. Yeah. I hold my events in the art gallery on Hastings Street for mm. one of the reasons is it's a beautiful place to hold events when you're surrounded by art. But yeah. we, that's what we talk about as well as, you know, connecting community, connecting to the art scene. How can you do that? It's just not all about... And also out in uh, Tawantin, there's a huge art gallery out there as well. So The regional art yeah, gallery. Yeah, so that's got a great... That always has great rotating exhibits and guest artists talking. And so, again, it's all about just making sure you plug into the local community newsletters and board, notice boards and things to find out what's going on. And there's never a... Never, and we've got a theatre as well and there's a film club. And, you know, there's just... Yeah, there's endless things you can do up here if you look for it. Yeah, you've got to be careful not to be caught in that noosa bubble is what you call, you know. Well, I think it's just, it's not so much that it isn't enjoyable in the noosa bubble, it's just that you'd miss out on so many things that are beyond the, the one hour uh, drive if you if you just stayed here all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, even and he, we, we spoke about the immediate hinterland with, you know, Pomona and Umundi and Karan and Karoy and, and Traveston, which are, which are, you know, you just look on the map, you see how close they are, uh, and yet some people haven't even <laughs> made it out that far. <laughs> but but if you go a little, if you go a little bit further, and again, all this to me from the perspective of someone that's moved from the other side of the planet, none of it feels particularly far away. Um, but if you you know you're driving out into the Mary Valley and beyond, you you know you can get up easily t- um, within an hour to places like Mullaney um, and Montville, and and they're you know they're different, they're cooler, they're up in the hills. Um, Montville is beautiful little town more of the you know the visitor boutique type shops but a great place to take visitors or to go and check out yourself there's a stunning cafe there called the edge which gives you the most insane panoramic views across the entire hinterland and the coast and the ocean um so that's at montville and then up in Mullaney, you've got another set of great uh, restaurants, cafes, fabulous bookshop up there, and another vineyard called Flame Hill, where you can sit out on the deck with even higher up views and enjoy well, a glass I need of to wine. Go to Flame Hill, then, and th- yeah, so there's another. So, lot, that so, been. so I'd say that's a that's a separate kind of weekend trip if you yeah, like to do yeah. do Montville and Mullaney and that part of the Sunshine yeah. Coast, which is right behind up in the hills behind Maroochydore. Yeah. 
And where do you find your best cheese? Are we talking Kenilworth or? Indeed, yeah. That that Kenilworth is a good place to go for cheese. I mean, it's it's Kenilworth is um, again, it's a, a, a short run. You can actually do that quite nicely uh, on the way out to um, Montville and Mullaney. It's kind of on the way past you Monday, and you get to Kenilworth. Um, nice little town, and that's got. Uh, Two or three really good cafes. I mean, I'm not, again, when I say really good cafes, everyone talks about having a good cafe, but I mean really great menu, really, really good, healthy, wholesome foods. And there's a couple of really good, um, you know, boutique shops there. And they've got the, um, they have the cheeses out there, um, out at Kenilworth, which you can, you know, taste and uh, uh, th- th- and same up in, uh, they've got another one. I forget the name of it now off the top of my head, but there's a great big cheese tasting place in um, just outside Mullaney um and that's another place so a nice uh the, the dairy out there in um Kenilworth they've also got the when I was last there at least they were serving some fantastic ice creams yeah um so yeah there's some things out there to to, to try out and um I think there used to be a famous shop there selling some of the best donut donuts or something in the in the Sunshine Coast and people used to line up for them on you know when they came out so yeah lots of lots of little things going out there um I'd also just Got to do a shout out to Gimpy as well. Sometimes it gets forgotten as a as it a place not forgotten. worth wording, and you know yeah. people think, oh well, that's getting a bit too far out. No, again, it's straight up the Bruce Highway since they've expanded it, and this is the great thing about this area. You know, the the, the Bruce Highway has been expanded. They've got a new new you know infrastructures going on. We've got the second runway at Marucci Doors, so that'll open it up for more travel. But yeah, Gimpy's you know. It's a historic town. It used to be called Nashville many, many years ago. Did but it, it really? did, yeah. James Nash, you see, he was the, he was the sort of the the name behind the town, and it used to be called Nashville. Then it obviously reverted to an indigenous name. But yeah. um, coincidentally, it's also the home of the Institute of Country Music in Australia, and they have the Gimpy Muster up there, which is the big country country festival each year, which is a big, big event. But you know, if you want to, so what time of year do you need to go get to Gimpy for the muster? Uh, I think I've got. I want to say it's in August, but okay, I think people just need to check. people just need to check out that online. But also, um, you know, again, it's 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 got a more locals feel to it, mm. and and so that's kind of nice. But if you want to really kind of like, you know. Get a get a get a different activity going. You can jump on the the rattler, the the steam train from there, which is a, like a it's a train for tourists. But you know yeah. you kind of get to taste what it's like the old Australian station, the steam train yeah. that rides out to a place through the Merry Valley um, to I think it's Amamore, and then it stops wow. there for a bit, and then you can have a coffee, and then get back on the rattler and ride it back to Gympie. Yeah. And if you get there early enough, uh, I, th- I forget which day of the week it is. I've, I want to say Monday mornings, but different times. But they've also got. The Gimpy cattle market, so you can kind of get out there with all the cowboys and watch all the auctions and the bidding on the cattle, and you know, because of course there's a whole rodeo scene around yeah. around. I was there, just which... about to um say that um, we're talking about cowboys now, mm. and look, I spent some time, proper time in Texas. Real cowboys. <laughs> I spent real cowboys in outback Texas, down near the Mexican border, when I was teaching swimming lessons. Okay, yeah, you know. the big country. And, yeah, and you spent some time in Nashville, so you know. Love, I definitely do love that whole sort of scene, country music and things like that. But you actually have been to some rodeos. Yeah, just... Rod- a, how do you say it? Australian? Is- well, we say rodeos. I think you guys call it rodeos, don't you? But we, well, the it's, Americans it's, it's, call it rodeos. Americans call it rodeos. And, okay. Uh, I think yeah. so. It's um, Anyway, either way, it's, it, which, whatever you want to call it. It's, you went it's, to one the other week, I It's believe. good fun. Yeah, I got invited out to one. And literally, it was just a couple of weeks after I landed yeah. back in the UK. So I've done this you know, ridiculous transition from sort of a snowy Christmas with ice and thick jumpers and gloves and scarves and everything going on in 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 drizzly snowy england um or not so much snow more more rain but anyway 
very, very cold. And two weeks later, I'm standing out sweating my head off in this, you know, 30 degrees, seven o'clock in the evening heat out at Imbil, where they had one of the regional rodeos come round. Um, and it's funny because, you know, even though it's really, really hot and I'm in my shorts and T-shirt, you can see all the diehard country people because they're wearing their jeans, their boots, their sort of flannel shirts. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how they managed to keep doing that in the heat. But um, you know what? It's, it's again, it's a very different vibe. Um, yeah. But it's it's great that it's there and it's accessible in, in no distance at all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very, 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 very different. Well, I'm definitely going to go it was, next time because I haven't been to rodeo good, for a while. Good, exciting but... and a bit of a yee Yeah, no, that's great. So, like, um. You've spoken really about all these things that you were doing the first time around. Is there anything that's on your bucket list as well that you didn't actually get to do the first time that you really is top of the list? Uh, look, I think a couple of things. One I'd say is, you know, when you're first here, you kind of almost run around checking off all these great things that people have told you to check out. And it's it's very much just getting the vibe and getting the, getting the feel for what's what and where's where. Um, I think the more time you spend here, the more you kind of get to do it go back to your favourites and do it at a slightly more leisurely place. And before you know it, you know, you start to get to know the people that are running the businesses and they know you. And mm. it's, it's just, you know, it's yeah. very easy to, to form that familiarity out here. So I think I just want to take it a little bit easier this time. I haven't got such a big rush list of things I want to try and pack in. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but you've got to be careful, I will say, as a local, that you don't fall into the mentality of saying, oh, well, because it's, all, because it's always there and I live here, I can go anytime. Because yeah. what happens is you don't go to these places until you've got visitors in town then you take them there and then you start asking yourself oh why don't I do this a bit more yeah. so you kind of have to make an effort to really you know take advantage of what's here so I, 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 I confess I say that all the time there's some waterfalls that I want to go to around here and I still haven't done waterfalls uh, uh, the, uh, ca- well, ca- ca- Candelini Candelini yes well that's easy that's up in um, Mullaney way so yeah. you know again the Candelini and there's a really good trail yeah. which links uh, between two two points you can do a great walk and then go for a swim in the falls so yeah i need you need to plan these things driving on north shore have you done that i've done that uh, i did that on a tourist visit as an international visitor many years ago but again since i've been here i'm like well i can do that anytime there's no rush and then i haven't done it but i do want to go to fraser island because that's just up the road and people come in from all over the world to do that and i've even had visitors come and then come and see me and go up and do 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 that Mm. and i'm telling myself yeah i must go up there sometime so going back to your question about the bucket list i definitely want to get up to fraser island i also want to just go a little bit further not even this not even the noosa bubble but the sunshine coast bubble i'd like to kind of use my Push ba- the boundaries. Base here. Yeah, I'd like, I mean, I'd want to get up to Whit Sundays. I'd even like to go out as far as, you know, somewhere like <laughs> Longreach or, or yeah. you know, proper outback uh, because yeah. as beautiful as it is on the coast with all the humidity, there's that other dusty, dry side of Australia, which I, I would want to get to. But again, that's getting sort of out, out, outside of our, yeah. our remit of conversation, but it's, well, there's the benefit, a lot to do here. The benefit, though, is Bonza Airlines, the budget airlines <laughs> is just open. Is that a real airline? Yeah, airlines? and it's okay. opened... Up about three weeks ago, you can start booking tickets okay. on it, um, and it's based headquartered out of Maroochydore Airport, and it's connecting all the regional towns. So now you can fly to the Whit Sundays, oh, fantastic! Rocky, you can go up to Townsville. So I've already booked t- tickets really? to Townsville. Really? They're pretty good value. Yeah, I think Townsville return was one hundred and forty-eight dollars. See, that's not bad, is yeah. it? Yeah. So I'll go scuba diving with some friends up there. Fraser Island's definitely on my bucket list as well. And you know what? I actually haven't been explored brisbane that much because Mm. there's been so much going around here now brisbane's a beautiful city and that's whole south bank area and all the things down there and yet it's a direct train ride from you can you can either get what they call the village stopper from you know croy or somewhere um 
or just go to Nambour and get a slightly faster train. Yeah. It's like an hour and 45 minutes, but it's it's more than just your regular train ride because people have taken have said, you know, what a spectacular scenic view you get through the Glasshouse Mountains, oh, yeah. you know, all that journey down there. So it's actually an enjoyable, you know, drape, day trip or weekend to go down yeah. to the city, yeah. get a bit of the city buzz, catch up on some shopping, do the stuff that you can't do outside of a city, and then yeah. get, you get to come out to the fresh air afterwards. Yeah, that's no, pretty. it's pretty special. Um, given um, Lux Coastal is a, is a property company, a lot of times people move up here, they actually don't know where they would like to live um, on the Sunshine Coast. They know they want to, they've got a dream of living up here. And we do something called like the hinterland tours. Yes. Like, so we take people out for a day just sort of to show them a few properties and just sort of so they get a sense of what it might be to live out there versus what's a glorified image in their in their mind. Um, and other times we take to, um, people also down a bit further down the coast as well. So it's beyond the Noosa, yeah, know, yeah. Noosa and surrounds. Um, so you've had an experience living in Pomona on acreage, um, which is such an amazing experience. And why did you originally choose acreage? Because you came from the UK and my friend, uh, friend's, that I know from the UK often end up on acreage when they mm. move up here. Um, we just had an expat who um, bought some acreage just before Christmas in Tinbua, and he's completely off grid. He's got his own coffee beans there, so he's gone from you know a townhouse in London, mm-hmm. you know, jumping, you know, two little kids to actually having their own um, fruit and vegetables growing. They can be completely off grid, and I'm going there soon to get some coffee from that coffee plant. Excellent. <laughs> but sort of, so what attracted you to acreage um, initially? Um, look, when we first came out to Noosa, you know, we, 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 as I said, we originally started in Noosa and, yeah. and then we sort of w- widened the circle to see what we could get for our money. You know, you, obviously, as you move out of Noosa, you can get a little more space, a little more, a little more value for your money. Um, we did, you know, I've, I, I would say just a quick shout out that further south, you know, you, you do have some cracking little towns like Coolum and Malulabar. Yeah. And again, they've all got their own sort of beachy vibe, you know, a little, a little more um, down to earth, let's say, in terms of uh, affordability and so forth. But you've got that beach life down there. But I, 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 for us coming from the UK where, you know, the beaches aren't necessarily that great and it's always a long drive to get to them because of the busyness of the roads. I didn't feel that if I wasn't, right on top of the beach that I w- didn't, wouldn't still feel like I was close to it. Even if I was half an hour away, that's still for me very close to a beautiful beach. Yeah. So I was quite happy to move out of Noosa and into the, the hinterland and started exploring around, you know, Croy and, and that area. And then Croy led to Pomona. And there were some people that were like, oh, you're living all the way out in Pomona. And it's just like, I think you've got to keep in mind that it's not all the out, all the way out from anywhere. You your base is where you're based, and then everything is, is 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 you know widening circles from there. So once you get out of that sort of plotting everything from the middle of Noosa and just work on the basis that you can live wherever it suits you, and that becomes the base. Yeah. Um, it opens up a lot of you know avenues and opportunities. So once we started looking around the Noosa hinterland we suddenly realised we were being offered properties to view with acreage. Now, you're right, coming from the UK where you've got to be a millionaire to have acreage because land is at a premium, we were like, oh, this is amazing. You get two acres or you get three acres. Um, Looked at a lot of different properties because I think it's important to recognise that the style of Queensland houses up here is very different for allowing for the heat and the, the different ways that you have to live up here. And it's more about the the sort of indoor out living you know yeah, I was first definitely. first time I was sort of seeing people's entire living rooms on their deck you know yeah. rather than indoors and I was like I'm liking this sort of alfresco outdoor living thing yeah. so that so you know then you suddenly realize that 
there's things that you need that you didn't realize you needed. So suddenly after a while of being here, and this is why it's important not to, you know, just kind of buy, buy blind from afar without, without working with, you know, a professional who can advise you uh, or coming to see, you know, for yourself, because there was a big requirement to have for us an outdoor space where you could live outside. You know, yeah. I'm glad that we had been able to realize that we would need that coming up to this part of the world. Um, and then you've also got to sort of, you know, factor in how you live and how that would fit in with your, with your floor space. Cause you can yeah. get, you can, it's more, there's a lot of single level plans here um, yeah. outside of the towns. So you're not always in a upstairs downstairs mode, yeah. which is how you live in the UK. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of different requirements that adapt to the lifestyle, but going back to the acreage, it's very easy to think, yes, great, give me as much land as possible because somehow I'm better off. What you don't realise is that that land then takes maintaining. And if you are used to your small English gardens or you're used to your cooler climates, trying to work some acreage in the middle of summer here, it can be hard, hard work. And if you don't stay on top of it, it can grow very, very quickly. So you've got to be ready ready to get, get your hands dirty and, and, and work it to, to stay on top of it. Yeah. If you're willing to, it can be beautiful. But yeah. if you, some people, and I will include myself in this, can start to realise that actually having acreage is a different way of living and it's not for everyone. So for me, I think, you know, having had that great experience and having owned a beautiful home out there, I think the next one would probably have to be a little bit more um, light touch on maintenance. And I'd yeah. probably probably look for a smaller footprint of land, yeah. um, particularly if you, you know, you travel and you go away a lot. It, yeah. it, it's just better to have a lock up and leave place. Yeah. yeah. So you can, for the lock up and leave, you can still have a bit of garden around you, but I think you can then easily ex- access the great outdoors and all the, all the... Well, that's right. You National can. I mean, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you can have a small place, but it's still got phenomenal views anyway, and you're yeah. not you're not having to pay to maintain it. So, yeah. and I think that's an important thing about the type of property. Um, again, coming from the UK, a lot of people are cooped up in their houses, uh, probably yeah. a bit like down in Melbourne, you know, in the winter, and it's just very much about the indoor living. Yeah. Here, there, here, you spend so much of your time either on your deck or outdoors or swimming or at the beach or you know just out and about that it's not quite so important to have you know enormous interior necessarily yeah. um but it you know, obviously depends on your budget and your requirements but it's just it's just a slightly different way of living and it's and it's worth getting your head around that before making your property choices you can't come in with the the same idea of what you were living in in england or you know maybe melbourne or wherever you know it's, it's, yeah. it's a different way of living but a yeah. nice way of living it is a nice way of living and it is um different a different way of living and that's what one of our jobs is actually to poke and prod people's you know sensibilities because everyone will live slightly differently up here because they have different interests so like some people do need if they're sort of artistic will need like a big studio to do their artwork yes, yes. and um that's often a, re- a request often people don't want four bedrooms they just want two but they want a bit of greenery around them so yes. that's you know trying to find that balance is um you know it's part of um, part of the fun, really. But it's also the it's also the slightly different way of thinking in terms of um, you know, we, we were saying before about you live outside a little more. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, you've got to be prepared about how the lifestyle works with the, the the different climate. So, you know, coming from the cities down south or from Europe, you might be a little bit surprised how quickly things get quiet very early over here. Mm. People are often, you know, off off to bed <laughs> nine o'clock. You know, it's pretty pretty early by our standards. Um, but then they're all up at the crack of dawn. You know, when it's cool, and yeah. you know there'll be an army of traders out there at five six a.m. and uh, it, it won't be uncommon to get a call from a real estate agent or a business person at seven a.m. You know, because they're all they're all at, all at work, and you just got to shift your clock accordingly yeah um so that's that's all very different as well so i think 
again, you know, if you're looking out in the hinterland, you've got to be prepared that it will get quieter a bit earlier than, say, if you're living in Noosa or, or um, you know, Sunshine Beach or Malulabar or some of those yes. places where they... Maroochydore and Malulabar definitely start later than... Yes. <laughs> Thank yeah, goodness. I think, I, think every, I, think, I think everywhere does. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I struggle to get myself in, uh, in, in England what we call it, kids' bedtime, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nine o'clock. But yeah. then again, if you don't get your head down uh, whilst you, while it's, the, you know, dark before you know it, the kookaburras are waking you up at, uh, you know, 4.30 a.m. and you wish you had gone to bed earlier. So yeah. it's, all, it's all part of the great uh, change in lifestyle. Yeah. Well, can I just say thank you so much for, for sharing all those insights. It's been wonderful to be reminded of all the things I still haven't done, <laughs> to be honest. But, yeah, um, there's a lot on my list still as well, believe me. Yeah. So thank you very much, Nick. Very and much. And welcome back. Pleasure. Thank you.